0: Hello and welcome to a reflection this Wednesday evening of Holy Week. Today we're looking at the story of Judas and how he betrayed Jesus. One of the more unsavoury stories in Holy Week. Um, Our readings are from John 21 and Psalm 70. Psalm 70 gives us a bit of an insight and to how desperate David must have felt and maybe just a glimpse of how Jesus was feeling that week I wonder if you've ever done something you regret and you wish you could put the clock back I think Judas may have felt like that after he'd betrayed Jesus he tried to go back and give the money back to the, the people who had paid him to betray him, but it was too late. Judas, I think when he started off as a follower of Jesus, may have been genuine. Jesus picked him as one of his 12. And for three years, none of the other disciples thought He was different from any of them at all. They didn't know what was growing in his heart, which became a heart of darkness. He gave Satan a foothold because he was a deceiver. He loved money and power. And he was good at hypocrisy because he must, towards the end, have been pretending to be a follower of Jesus when actually he wanted to betray him. He was, as we say in Scotland, sleek it. But he wouldn't always have been like that. He made choices. Was Judas frustrated that Jesus ended up being a suffering servant and not a warrior king? Was he just greedy? Was he angry? At the things jesus had said that cut across his ambitions we don't really know but it was his choice that gave satan a foothold in his heart i don't believe he was just a pawn in some great divine cosmic story i believe that although god used Judas to allow satan to get his hands on jesus that was a choice that Judas made. The day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on in a donkey with thousands of people cheering him on might have been the last straw for Judas, I think. Because instead of raising an army to defeat the Romans, Jesus started speaking about how he was going to die. And during that Last Supper, Jesus allowed Judas to slip out of the room quietly even though he knew full well what Jesus' plans were. He recognised that for the next few days, he would be facing all the forces of evil alone. But he didn't try to stop it. It's clear, though, from the anguish Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying about this, that he was not relishing this moment at all. Indeed, he was dreading, the confrontation with evil that he was going to face and the pain that was going to cause for him. So, why didn't Jesus stop all this at the last minute? Well, when he spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said something that I know I learned in Sunday school and that many of you will know by heart, John three sixteen. It says, Jesus says, for God so loved the world, that was the world of people, not just the physical world that we live in, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And whoever wrote the book to Hebrews, who were scattered around the Roman Empire, said this, Jesus... For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning the shame. Jesus chose to allow his arrest and he was even prepared to heal the the soldier who had his ear cut off, remember? He even stretched out and healed that as an act of grace and mercy to someone who had come to arrest him. So it was love, that made Jesus so determined to endure the cross. As he walked down the Mount of Olives that same day when the crowds were cheering, Jesus wept toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem represented the whole nation of Israel because they had rejected him. He knew though that his death, as the only sinless man who ever lived, would be the means by which the human race could be freed from the power of Darkness. Let me leave you with two points to think about. One is, we also have choices to make in our lives. And we're capable of making bad ones that give Satan a foothold that can lead us into darkness. And if that's where you are, there is a way back. You don't have to be like Judas. Second thing is, be encouraged Jesus' love stretches across 2,000 years to you and me today. All the disciples deserted him when things got tough. Yet Jesus didn't hold it against them. He still loved them. And after his resurrection, he made a point of finding them to tell them that. And particularly, he sought out Peter and said, Peter, I forgive you. Even if you feel You don't deserve God's love. He still offers it to you today. All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me in spite of all that I know is in me. I pray that you will forgive me and that you will come into my life and change me. I'm going to finish with a prayer that comes from Thomas Merton. May God's image in me be restored and my imagination in God be restored. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me in the life ahead. And let us live in the love of God. Amen.